Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. So what's the problem? In which we watch a movie from our youth and see just how problematic it may be by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we're talking about The Net, which was released in the US on July 28, 1995, and the UK and Ireland on October 6, 1995. It was written by John Percato. Brancato, I don't know, and Michael Ferris is directed by Erwin Winkler. It stars Sandra Bullock, Jeremy Northam, and Dennis Miller. Yeah, briefly, Dennis Miller. Yeah. Poor <laughs> Bill, Dennis Miller's in it for like 10 minutes. Thank um, God. <laughs> so what will happen is this. Jen and I have uh, thought of three problems, and this movie has three each. They could be major problems, or they could be silly, pointless ones. We'll take turns in going through them one at a time. Neither knows what the other one is picked. At the end, we'll both also have one positive thing to say about the movie each. So, Jen, do you have any history with the next? Oh yes. Um, I was. I mean, I still do love Sandra Bullock, but I was a huge fan in the '90s, and I saw most of the movies she had then, and including this one. And I watched it at least half a dozen times in the '90s, um, probably more. But watching it this time. I did not remember anything except yeah. the carousel, which I we at this podcast we like to make sure every other movie we watch has an exciting like scene in a carousel. What exciting in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, uh tense yeah, okay. filling. We'll I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, you see sorry, continue. Oh, I was just gonna ask you I was just gonna ask you about you. Yeah. All right. Well, I um, saw this years and years and years ago, um, and uh, I didn't think much uh, of it back then, I don't think. I don't really remember liking it that much, but um, I thought it was one of my mum's favourite movies, Mm -hmm. um, because she loves Sandra Bullock, uh, and she said, oh, I love that movie, and then, you know, she saw it years ago as well, and she loves Sandra Bullock, and we decided to watch this together last night as part of, like, movie night. Mm -hmm. So we were sitting watching it. And my mum piped up, where's Denzel? <laughs> she was thinking of the Pelican Brief. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because when I was reading about this, um, like reading some, uh, a thing about the reviews of this movie. I, oh, it's right in front of me. I didn't realize it. Um, it said that Entertainment Weekly, uh, complimented Sandra Bullock's performance in in their uh, review and it says Bullock pulls you into the movie her overripe smile and clear imploring eyes are sometimes evocative of Julia Roberts 
Yeah. So maybe that's why why your mom confused the two. I I would like to add that like I definitely liked it enough that I had this on DVD already. Like I didn't need to rent right, okay. it or try to find it streaming. I had it on DVD, and I remember at the time I really thought it was like ahead of its time because of a lot of the mm-hmm. things that she was doing with the computer and um, the way she was living. And I I don't think I was wrong. No, <laughs> it certainly is ahead of it ahead of its time. Um, no, it absolutely is. But a lot of it, if we're looking at it in 1985, um, a lot of its technology is a load of bollocks. But if you're looking at it from 2020, it's kind of spot on for a lot of it. Yeah, usually if you're watching something from the 90s with technology, you're kind of rolling your eyes. But in this, it's like, no, I buy it. Yeah, but I don't know if I bought it back then. I'm not sure if I watched it and she was ordering pizza. And her internet was going really fast. Oh, yeah. That, her dialogue. Her dialogue. <laughs> I made a note of that. She was able to get on the internet so quickly. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm, I just tell myself that she had, because of her job and everything, that she just had better equipment or so. I don't, I don't know anything yeah. about modems. <laughs> no. I doubt that's true, though, because the, the power still wouldn't have been there. Yeah. yeah, I think this was made by a time traveler. <laughs> but yeah, I think they sort of cheated and used a time traveler. Okay, uh, I just looked it up, and broadband first became a. Well, it was like the 2000s. I was hoping <laughs> yeah. it would be like a super secret few had it at this time, so it would be accurate. But that's <laughs> no, not. It was still, um, still dial up back then. Yeah. But, uh, but no, it, it does sort of. Uh, it's sort of prescient in a way on a lot of his technology, which you know, good on it. I'm actually I, I quite admire it for that that they got a lot of things right. They got the the, uh, the virus that was wrong. <laughs> the way the virus works at the end, but still. Well, my mum also loves Julia Roberts. So I don't know how she got Julia Roberts and um, Sandra Bullock um, mixed up, but I think it's just because of this sort of plot. Yeah. Sort of blended together, you know what I mean? Because she's also on the run in the Pelican Brief. And then after we watched the net, um, my mum said, I remember liking this, but it's a bit rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mum, it is a bit rubbish. <laughs> so, do you want to go first with your first problem, Jen? I guess. I feel like I'm starting with, like, my biggest problem, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which encompasses the whole film. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's sort of a two-parter. One... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, it's the general message of the movie, like, bothers me, but it's also ableist as fuck. Like, this movie is super ableist. Like, the message of this movie, or at least part of it, because I, I, I don't have a problem with the thing of, like, because of the internet, people will be able to, like, screw up your life or whatever, because I, I do believe that. <laughs> We've seen it. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was true back then, to this extent. Yeah, but it... My my problem, like, the other part of the message I have a problem with is, like, that it's so awful that she stays at home. She doesn't do anything. And the idea that she has an office she could work at, but she doesn't. She chooses to stay home, which, like, now, work from, I mean, especially, like, this moment we're in, work from home is such a huge conversation and such a huge privilege. But I just, it's, I mean... The reason I say it's ableist is because, like, work from home makes it so that a lot of people can work that normally couldn't because of some sort of, like, physical disability or some sort of mental illness or something. Um, like, I just, I hate the message that 
the way she's living her life is awful. It it just it really bugs me because I know plenty of people who just they work from home. They're at home most of the time. They order their pizza from an app on their phone or whatever. And they're happy. Mm -hmm. And it's like the whole movie. First of all, no one knows her, which I call bullshit on because she seems like she probably goes to visit her mom a lot. So I am sure there are people at the home that her mother lives at that knows who she is. Yep. Okay. So there's that. Also, I get the feeling she probably gets a lot of FedEx packages and they did a good job of making it seem like that driver didn't know her, but it Mm -hmm. seems like, like a FedEx driver would know her pretty well because they generally have the same route, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I just don't like that at the end it's like, well, now her mom lives with her and she's she's wearing a dress instead of an oversized sweater and she's getting out and gardening with her mom and her life's so much better because she's decided not to hide in the computer, you know? Yeah. I don't like that. So that's no. <laughs> that's my problem is with that part of the message of the movie. <laughs> the whole plot is sort of one of my problems later on as well. And maybe she does some videos at home or something, but I'm like, if she never leaves the house... Why does she have such a rockin' bod? She's on that beach in a bikini. And I'm like, what the hell? Why, yeah. why, why does she look like that? And I'm not saying, like, if you work from home even, that you would, like, be, like, overweight or whatever, but she was fit. Yeah, because she's always eating pizza. I know. She's constantly eating fast food. And she looks like that. Oh, and notice that the pizza place she orders from seems to be like, I was wondering, is it just like a generic thing that orders on the internet, like from other places? Or is it a place that just operates on the internet? Like, that's, that's the one thing they got wrong there is that when we order pizza, we generally order from like a, an actual pizza place, not mm-hmm. like and that was kind of weird to me. But it's still, I mean, we're all ordering food more than we used to right now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. See, always made, I was watching it last night with my mum and I was just thinking, what would this movie be like now? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it would be more sort of acceptable now. Well, and I felt like we were supposed to think, oh, you know, being on the internet, um, living on the computer is so wrong because you don't know who you're talking to and anyone can get this information from you. But, like... First of all, people lie to you. Like, if this, if she wasn't, if this wasn't about a computer, if this was about a woman uncovering a secret some other way, there would just be like, like the guy would still find ways to find stuff out about her without a computer. Like, people can, (laughs) can uh, dupe you without needing to be in a chat room, right? Yeah. Um, and she's, and at the end of the day, he still had to get to her in person. Exactly. Maybe she should have stayed home. It doesn't make sense. I'm just going to get in it. Why, why go through all this trouble to do this to her and change her? Just burn her fucking house down while she's in it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's all you have to do. You don't have to follow her on holiday and then, you know, while she's unconscious for three days and then pull this elaborate thing off, changing her identity and everything. Well, I mean, I'll- apparently change everyone's, uh, change everyone's memories of her. In it's, in it's, in this movie's defense, um, it does seem like, the point in all that is that they don't know if she has other copies, if she's told anybody, like they're trying to figure out what they're trying to end this problem. (laughs) And if they just burned her house down, they wouldn't know if she sent it to someone else or something. Well, going by the powers they have 
in this movie already. They're probably they, sh- they could find out if she sent anything because she would have used FedEx. Yeah. You know, she wouldn't have found out if um if she was left the house because I just have watched her, or if she spoke to someone because I tapped her phone and then went into her house and killed her and then burned the house down. So I would have done it. How much information can you fit on a floppy disk? If it's like a Word doc or something, you could probably fit quite a lot on it. Like, I used to use floppy disks back in the day and have, and when I was writing a, a, um, a, a Buffy guide, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had loads of pages saved on a floppy disks. Floppy disks, so you probably could. That was in the late 90s. Um, it depends, really. All right. Well, I'm not going to question that then. <laughs> but, but I, I wish I knew more about technology so that I could give any opinion about like what I thought of it. But I know that they did mm. enough that I wasn't like they did it well enough. I wasn't rolling my eyes. But that's I think that's you also looking at it from well from a modern eye. That's you looking at it from 2020. Whereas in 1995, that a lot of it would not have been true. But I'm going to say my problem, my number one problem. Okay. It's not my number one problem, it's my first problem. <laughs> um, I think the acting in this movie is quite poor. Save from Bullock and some scenes. But, like, right at the very start, the senator dude, right at the start before he shoots himself, is delivering his lines so sort of stilted and I didn't, like, believe he was just about to, you know, he was at the bottom. Uh, the end of his rope and he was going to kill himself uh, and I think Sandra Bullock is miscast I don't think she really understands a lot of the stuff she's saying when she says all the technical stuff but she's still Sandra Bullock so she's still you know solid I'm not saying anything against Sandra Bullock's acting but I just don't think anybody's really spectacular in this film Although later on, when she starts to get really, really in trouble and she starts crying and stuff, mm-hmm. that's when, you know, that's when she gets really good. But I think the first half, she's just struggling with the material a little bit. Well, I feel like she's, like, her acting is concentrating more on the idea that she's this sad single woman with this lonely mm-hmm. life as opposed to, like, someone who spends all of her time on the computer and is, like, seems, to, and is, like, seems the best in her, at her job. Um, there's, there's kind of two different ways she could play it there. And, um, she goes more for the sad, like, uh, while you were sleeping kind of tone. Right. And I don't know if that's the director or her, but, um, it, what, what bothers me about it is that she is this like capable woman who like, these men seem to really respect her. Like there, mm-hmm. men are coming to her asking for her help, which <laughs> I've, I've, I haven't worked in her business, but I've worked in IT and I know, uh, that doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, like there's, there's a way that it could have been played where it was like empowering, uh, which, which is kind of a disappointment that they go for the like, what a sad life she lives thing. But I do, <laughs> I at least like how she's, um, how she looks in the movie because part of the thing of why I don't think the computer stuff is as ridiculous in this is I'm not thinking even just what's on the screen, but um, who is using the computers because in the nineties there was this whole thing where it's like people who were like super into uh, computers were like punks or like they looked really goth or, you know, wore like a Neo trench coat or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it was, it's, 
or even in the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s, or I guess even now, like the hoodie, the, the guy in the hoodie, right? Yeah. And this is like a woman just wearing her 90s bulky sweaters hanging out at home and she loves breakfast at Tiffany's, but she also is really into computers. And so it's a stereotype that is at least, or the, she didn't go into the stereotype and she looks more like a lot of people who use computers look. It's not, I mean, the breakfast at Tiffany's thing is sort of stereotypical, but it's not as though they had a lot of things. I mean, what was she going to say? That she was a huge fan of Electric Dreams? But was it was it a stereotypical thing at that time? Because I feel like in the early to, early to mid-2000s, like, especially with things like Gossip Girl or whatever, um, somehow, I feel like it was around then that Breakfast at Tiffany's really blew up, and, like, people were, girls were buying lots of merchandise with Holly Go Lightly on it, and, like, you know, on Gossip Girl, they would reference it all the time. It seems like people became really obsessed with Audrey Hepburn in the 2000s. Right, but there's a, a song by Deep Blue Something um, uh, called Breakfast at Tiffany's. I think that was in 90. Yeah, it was, but let me tell you, because I don't think people really listen to the lyrics of the song. Right. Like, it's about these two people who are together, and they don't really have anything at co- in common, so he's like, yeah. uh, what about Breakfast at Tiffany's? And she's like, oh yeah, I think I saw that. Uh, it was fine. And he's like, okay, well, we both think this movie's okay. <laughs> Yeah. Not even about how they love Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's like no, he's looking for true. an excuse to be with this woman that he clearly just like wants to have sex with or whatever. And he's like, well, we both saw this movie once. Yeah, I think that's only because um, they couldn't think of anything to rhyme with um, Asian stereotype. <laughs> what a great movie. And then that one thing. That that one And it's thing. a huge thing. <laughs> like, yeah, it just ruins it. Oh. Comcast Business gives you fast gig speed internet. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials. So you'll always be ready to bounce forward. Comcast Business. Offer ends 11 15 20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business Service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only. In business, things move quickly. You have to be ready to shift, pivot, adapt. Then, do it all over again. Comcast Business gives you fast, reliable internet on the nation's largest gig speed network. And now, Ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials. Wow, that was fast. So no matter what comes next, you can do more than bounce back. You can bounce forward. Offer ends 11 15 20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business Service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only. Right, well, they did a good thing with casting her mum in this film. Yeah. Because I think, they, I think both actresses could be related. They kind of look similar. And that's, that's a compliment. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> One I mean, I think Dennis Miller was well cast because, and I'll get into that later, but that character is a douchebag. Yeah. So, but <laughs> my second problem, uh-huh. and this is a small one, because I feel like I always have these like huge problems, and sometimes you come up with more simple problems, which can be more fun. So I'm yeah, like my next one. <laughs> just wait for my next one. So I'm just gonna say, when she's traveling, when she's heading on her vacation, she's at the airport. That hat she's wearing is terrible. I was distracted by it the whole time, and I was like, this is yeah. one thing that will make me believe she doesn't leave the house, because this hat is awful. And if she had any friends, they would tell her that. Yeah. Did you have a look at the bow tie from Sleepers and Seattle? Oh, yeah, no, no, I forgot about it. <laughs> I agree with you with the hat. Oh, God. It doesn't suit her at all. It doesn't, but also in the 90s, uh, or like early to mid-90s, like, ugly hats were in, like, if you think about Blossom, 
I was just going to say it looked like a Blossom hat. <laughs> like, I, and I remember I, I would, you know, be watching Blossom or something and think, oh, my God, her hat's so cool. And every time I bought a hat that was kind of similar, I would put it on and I'd be like, this is dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think you can get away with that in real life. At least not in Oklahoma. <laughs> Maybe they're best suited to um, angsty uh, preteens. Uh, she wasn't really angsty, was she? She was really quite cheerful. Blossom. Yeah. There was everyone else around about her that was angsty. <laughs> yeah. That show holds up, by the way. Does it? I haven't seen it in years. I got the DVDs, and um, I, w- I watched the first season a few years ago, and it was very enjoyable. Yeah. I just remember Joy Lawrence in it. Whoa, whoa! I just remember that. Yeah. Well, everyone remembers that. That's great. I just know, you know, the exactly the brothers' names on that show because her last name was Russo, and their names were um, Joey and Tony. Mm-hmm. And so Joe and Anthony Russo, the directors. Yeah. I think I think the first thing I saw that they directed was probably Arrested Development, mm-hmm. and uh, I just remembered their names immediately. Like I've been following their careers because it was really easy because I always associate them with Blossom, and that's. If you know they had nothing to do with Blossom. Yeah. <laughs> and last night I watched two of their movies, and I thought about Blossom. I always think about Blossom when I see their names. You watched two of their movies last night? Yes, I watched uh, Endgame and Infinity War. Only, not in that order. <laughs> Shit. Did that, yeah, not in that order. Did that take you about ten hours? <laughs> it's like six hours, or it's five and a half hours, but with, like, pausing it for bathroom breaks or dinner or whatever, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's about six and a half hours, but... I'm dreading, I'm dreading watching Endgame with my mum, because... Watching a movie that's like an hour and a half takes us three hours. <laughs> um, so my second problem, mm-hmm. um, and this this is a major problem. Okay. Trust me. Okay. Trust me. I believe you. <laughs> right. Like Angela has called Dennis Miller, and um, he's taken he's uh, taking her to this hotel room, and uh, and he doesn't believe her because why would he? Um, and it's about, this is about 10 minutes into his 15 minutes of screen time. Yeah. Uh, the last five of which is going to be spent in a hospital bed. Uh, he goes into the hotel room with Chinese food, yum yum. And <laughs> she says that she does like Chinese food, boohoo. And she leaves, uh, and then he goes with her. Mm-hmm. And what happened to the Chinese food? <laughs> what happened to the Chinese food, Jen? They left it in the room. He has a heart attack or whatever in the car, goes to the hospital, she runs away, what happens to the What happened to the Chinese food? It went bad, and the hotel maid threw it away. No! <laughs> I like to think the hotel staff found it and ate it. I hate to see food getting wasted in movies. You know... <laughs> I just hate it. It's so lazy. Uh, well, it, I, I will say this, though. Um, she's in a life-or-death situation, so I think it's excusable. I don't, because she had plenty of time to sit and eat Chinese food. She didn't have to leave right there and then. She could have had the Chinese food and then left. She could have left the house, left the hotel room in a full stomach. She needed to go to the Santa Monica Pier, didn't she? Yeah. But then they stop anyway because he has a heart attack and she has to go to the hospital with him. Well, look, she didn't like Chinese food. It was all up to him. And his... He was an asshole, and let's just go into my third problem. Wait a minute, I just want to say something. Okay. Two seconds. Um, uh, later on, we were watching the film, and my mum said, how is she paying for anything? 
Um, and um, how is she eating? And that just made me think maybe she would batten at the Chinese food. <laughs> so that's why she's she's okay and not like dying of starvation <laughs> during this whole film. So I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> but I doubt it. So, um, carry on. So you said she asked, how is she paying for anything? <laughs> well, first of all, uh, maybe Dennis Miller gave her some money. And second of all, they said that there were, like, whenever she had uh, Jacqueline Devlin's wallet with her, and that there were a bunch of pesos in there, so maybe she exchanged it for American for American uh, currency. I think there was American dollars in it as well. Okay. Yeah, I... Th- I, I don't question how she paid for things because she's a pretty white woman. Uh, like, I, I I think she could figure it out. Um, yeah, fair enough. But Dennis Miller is, he is such an asshole. And it's one of those things where, like, I, I do understand that the movie understands he's kind of a dick. But I think I'm still supposed to kind of like him. Yeah, and that's stupid because I don't. And I will tell you why. Okay, look, the story she is telling is kind of crazy, and yeah. I understand if somebody doesn't believe her, but he is being a real dick about it. Like he is acting like this whole thing is a joke. He's you get I get the feeling that he's only humoring her as much as he is because he thinks he'll get laid, and um, because he's constantly saying little things to her, like flirty things. He, like, I'm not, you know, he cheated on his wife, and look, I don't know his situation. I don't know what their marriage was like. But that right there is not very, a very good, <laughs> doesn't paint a very good picture of him. I don't like how he treats her, because I think that if somebody came to you with that kind of story, first of all, if you don't work in that business, then, like, I know I would be like, well, I don't know what goes on there. Maybe you're, maybe you're telling the truth. But, like, he was her shrink, and he, so he should know how smart she is, and that she's, like, but it's also, he took, he clearly took advantage of her when he was her shrink, right? Mm -hmm. There's the fact that she didn't like Chinese food, and he should have known that, and he brought it anyway. Like, this guy is such a narcissist. Stop reminding me of the Chinese food. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't like the way he talks to her. If if it no. were Bill Pullman in this movie that she went to, <laughs> he would be supportive of her, even if he totally, like, didn't believe her. He wouldn't make her feel crazy. Mm-hmm. And Dennis Miller is just a total dick the whole way through, and I don't feel so bad about what happens to his character. No. Oh, can I, can I point something out about uh, Sandra Bullock's character that I really like? Yeah. She's a murderino, okay? So she's on that boat with Jack Devlin. Uh-huh. And she puts on his jacket and finds the gun in his pocket. Mm-hmm. She is so smart. Like she knows that this is not a good thing. This, like a lot of people would try to make excuses cause they don't want to think the person's a bad guy. And, but she's like, well, this has a silencer. That's not good. She's smart enough to take out the clip. And you think maybe she's sitting there smoking a cigarette cause she's stressed about the whole situation, but no, she had that ready cause she knew she needed to burn him. Yeah. And I, whenever I was younger and I smoked, like th- th- if I was walking around at night, you know, I'm sure you've heard about like how women often put like um, keys between their fingers when they're by themselves yeah. at night. I would have my keys between my fingers in one hand and a, a lit cigarette in the other, even if I wasn't smoking, because both are weapons. Yep, absolutely. So this is a woman 
who recognized the situation and she got ready. And that is awesome. Yeah, you see, I was going to complain a little bit about how not smart she was because um, Jack seems to know absolutely everything about her and she doesn't get it. Like, right away, she doesn't understand when he's saying he orders the same drink that she likes and he, he like he mentions breakfast at Tiffany's first and all this and blah, 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 blah. But then that moment happens and I'm like, no, she is really smart. She just fell for this. Well, match. and I... I... I felt like, well, first of all, she had no reason to suspect him because she was in like a different place and stuff. But also I have seen, I've watched enough uh, TV and movies to know that this was one of the best done things like that I've ever seen. Usually when they know information and they shouldn't, it's so much more obvious. In this one, like you could go a while thinking he doesn't have anything to do with anything. I mean, Breakfast at Tiffany's is a pretty common movie. And so I actually thought it was pretty well done. Um, I was like, I'd buy it. Plus, like, she's this lonely woman who, like, the last guy she was with was Dennis Miller. No, I know. And I do like the fact that they didn't make her, like, ultra paranoid Mm -hmm. as well. I mean, she she quite easily could have been paranoid, um, but she isn't. She's still quite sort of, you know, she's willing to talk to this man and sleep with him in the first date and stuff and um, she's still kind of quite open to talk to people. I mean, don't go on a boat with a stranger, but... Yeah, yeah. But no, you're right. She she, she was... Once she saw the gun, that was, that was... She kicked into survival mode. And yeah, it was good. Like Man, the that. more I talk about it, the more I really like the character herself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting... Yeah, I'm starting to like the character more than actually speaking of I just don't like the men in the movie. <laughs> no, my one problem is this. It's not very thrilling. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to talk about the carousel scene. Okay. Right? They're at the fair, and Angela escapes Jack and runs into this room where there's a carousel for some reason, and um, he hides in the photo booth and then shoots at mm-hmm. her and then goes straight back out in the photo booth when he misses instead of trying again, or um, the music is dramatic, and there was close-ups of the the um, carousel horses, and Sandra Bullock is acting scared. And there's kids in danger, but they don't know it. But it's very, very, very dull. And this is one of the movie's big action scenes: someone going round in a carousel while someone hides in a photo booth. It's not very exciting. And then she enters like the middle of the carousel, with the, it's a workstation or whatever, and. Uh, she goes in there mere minutes before him, and then she's not there when he goes in, and there's another door at the other side, and it's open, but instead of following her, he just stands there angry and hits the door. Mm-hmm. It's like, mate, she's probably still in the room. Just, like, wait till the carousel goes round again and jump off and catch her. <laughs> it's, <laughs> and, but it's treated as though it's this big, huge, massive, like, action scene, and it's... I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but that does seem like an age thing, because I remember at the time it came out, when I watched it, thinking that it was a thrilling sequence. (laughs) I probably did. But now, it's not. Like, now, now we have everything so much more exciting, right? Like... Kind of like how every time there's a new uh, Fast and the Furious movie, like they're they're 
going in a car like from like a higher point or something like they're yeah. going through a, like they bust through like the top floor of a skyscraper or something or like the the yeah. mission impossible movies where it's like look at how tom cruise is trying to kill himself this time and one day he'll succeed he'll do it one of these days so uh it's just I th- I think that that's age because I do think at the and and I I was really into thrillers when I was around that age and when I think about them now or anytime I watch them now they really aren't very exciting um like I watched uh, Poison Ivy again a few years ago and I was right. like oh this is actually pretty boring yeah but it wasn't boring to me in the nineties and I'm sure if I watched like Hand That Rocks the Cradle right now I would think it was very tame um. Yeah. I think we were just at a weird point in the 90s where it didn't take much for us to get to like get really tense and get excited about what was going to happen next. There's another bit where Jack's chasing that. He's in the car and she's running. And um, she's jumping. A, they're on a bridge and the bridge is going up. And um, she has to jump from one side of the bridge to another. And she does it. But the way it's shot, it's not shot like edited very well. You don't really see how far she's jumped, you just, mm-hmm. you just see her hit, but the music's like, duh, 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 like it's a big huge thing, and the camera cuts to him and she's jumped like a foot. <laughs> she's jumped like a foot in height, and that's it. It's not, <laughs> she hasn't jumped very far, and it's like, that isn't exciting. I mean, I don't mind smaller thrillers like this, I do quite, there's still some that I would probably watch. Um, Kiss the Girls, I think, still probably holds up, like, thriller-wise. And the, and the way that Jack dies, he's running towards her, and there's an open door, and then she suddenly jumps out in front of him, and he's like, I'm gonna get you, and it's, then the music swells again, and then she just hits him with a fire extinguisher, and he falls off the, the thing, and dies, and that's like, is that it? <laughs> is, is that, is that how you're killing off your big bad guy? Um, okay, fair enough. Yeah, well, I I do think that um, these kind of thrillers that the third act is usually pretty lacking. That like the fun of watching this kind of movie is how tense it is throughout, and like trying to figure out like who the bad guy is or you know whatever depending on the movie. But the endings usually aren't very satisfying. Do you know what needed to happen in the carousel scene in this film? What? He had to run towards her screen. <laughs> he had to grab the gun with one hand and then punch him out with the other hand. That's what had to happen in this. I feel like the crush has ruined everything for you and you're going to want that from any movie with a carousel. Yeah, exactly. I think it is actually her. <laughs> That's the best scene in cinema history. One thing, one thing that makes me happy about this movie, though, is so the budget was twenty-two million, and um, it ended up grossing one hundred and ten million worldwide, which I'm going to assume was very good at the time. <laughs> it was twenty-five yeah, years ago, absolutely. and so I do like that this female-led movie, because it wasn't like even even if you have a female lead in this kind of movie, there's usually like there's often like a guy next to her the whole time helping her or whatever. But while there are a lot of men in this movie, she is like on her own for most of it. And she's carrying that damn movie. And that makes me happy because I, it's, you know, obviously at the time I didn't really appreciate it, but now I appreciate that. Like this was one of the only movies I had like this when I was growing up because it's usually men or men helping women. Yeah, no, it's great for that regard. Because there's even one scene where 
she's going to a man for help. Mm. She's going um, to Cyber Bob. But Jack gets to him first and kills him. We assume that he kills him anyway. We don't see his body or anything. We don't even see Cyber Bob. We don't know what he looks like. But um, he goes to Cyber Bob's house first before he can meet up with her. And that's uh, that would make you think, like, oh, she's going to meet up with this man. This man's going to help her for the rest of the movie. But no. He, he, we don't. We never see Cyber Bob. He dies off screen. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's really good that, that she's the lead and it stays that way. Can I do? Can I do um, an etiquette corner? Of course you can. <laughs> um, if you have an employee that dies, mm-hmm. you should first of all you should make sure your employees know. And like, let's say you call one of your employees um, less than 24 hours after this person has died. You should assume they don't know that the that the employee has died because he her boss like calls and is like, we need someone to replace Dale, I think his name was. And uh, she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. The guy hadn't even been dead for a day. I know, he just died the night before. Yeah, and he assumed she knew. And also, can you please wait 48 hours, wait until the body's cold, before you start asking around, like, talking to people about how you got to replace them. Yeah. Honestly, should have been one of my bigger problems. That's something I should have, that, <laughs> that should replace the hat. Because that really, really pissed me off. That I, As somebody who has been told, by a boss that a coworker has died and told in a really insensitive way, mm-hmm. that's very upsetting to me. No, I mean, it's okay if you have an extra problem because you usually do have more than three I, You know, everything makes me angry, and at the end of the day, I still usually like it. <laughs> but uh, did you like this film? I did. I like this movie. You liked it even watching it this time round? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Well, as I've established, I really like Angela Bennett. Um, right? No, that's yeah, okay. But um, I have added, I have written down loads of other things here that I just <laughs> like about it. Just like from a filmmaking point of view, there was a lot I didn't like. Like we saw Angela Bennett talking to that guy who died, mm-hmm. but um, it's like he's on the phone with her, and in the very next scene, there's a dude in a plane, and the plane crashes. And I had to go say to my mum, was that the same guy that we just saw speaking to her on the phone? Mum was like, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's, what? Because <laughs> the way it's cut is so quick. He's on the phone and all of a sudden he's on a plane and crashes. It's like, oh, okay. And then there's some lazy filmmaking in here where she's in the, the car with the FBI agent, the fake FBI agent, mm-hmm. and she unclips his seatbelt. And she actually says, seatbelt. Like, the audience are too fucking stupid to see that she's unclipped the seatbelt. Um, stuff like that just really annoys me. Comcast Business gives you fast gig speed internet. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials. So you'll always be ready to bounce forward. Comcast Business. Offer ends 11 15, 20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast Business service. New Amazon Business Prime Essential members only. In business, things move quickly. You have to be ready to shift, pivot, adapt, then do it all over again. Comcast Business gives you fast, reliable internet on the nation's largest gig speed network. And now, ask how to get fast shipping with Amazon Business Prime Essentials. Wow, that was fast. So no matter what comes next, you can do more than bounce back. 
you can bounce forward. Offer ends 11 15 20. Restrictions apply. Requires qualifying Comcast business service. New Amazon Business Prime essential members only. Also, also, do people's memories get wiped as part of this grand plan to frame one woman for something that they could have just done, killed her right away for? Because it's a nurse in the hospital after Dennis Miller has died, mm-hmm. and Angela acknowledges that it's the same nurse that she spoke to earlier. Yet Dennis Miller's records have been changed from allergic to penicillin to diabetic, which, one, is not possible, but two, the nurse should have known this. Was the nurse in on it? <laughs> um, is everyone in on it? Maybe. Is the neighbour in on it? Maybe. Maybe somebody paid her off. Or... Maybe she's just a crappy nurse, and there's, like, a ton of patients, and she just, like, doesn't bother remembering what's what. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, what is your positive for this movie? Is it just that you like it? Yeah, I just like, I like, I like Angela. I like, especially as, um, you know, because I, you know, I said I watched it a bunch of times in the 90s, but I've watched it once or twice since then, and it, it never... It ages so well, and especially now watching it, it's like not only can the internet take over your life and you can spend so much time just like inside only talking to people you don't ever really actually meet, but um, like things like the politician who hates gay people, but then, you know, because the implication was that he was gay, right? Yeah, yeah. he was gay. So he was gay, and I mean... Well. But he thought he did. And like, and he killed himself because that, which like you could totally see happening right now, currently, as we're recording, there are some rumors that are supposed, like that it's going to come out that, um, Senator Lindsey Graham is gay and he hates gay people. (laughs) And it's like, that is so, so something that still happens in America all the time. And like, and, and people get blackmailed for stuff like that now. Like, it's it's crazy to me that this is one of the movies about technology from the 90s that has continued to actually really work for me. Yeah. Um. But also, I have a lower bar for thrillers. Like I said, I think the third act is often uh, clunky. Um. It's kind of like when you're reading a really big Stephen King book, like Under the Dome. Like, you read it, mm. you enjoy the journey. And just don't expect anything from the ending. No. And he says as much in uh, It Chapter 2, <laughs> in his cameo. Like, he knows, because there are some stories, especially thrillers or scary stories or whatever, where the fun is in what happens throughout the story, but wrapping it up is very, very difficult, especially in visual form. Yeah, no, I mean, there is still some thrillers from the 80s and 90s that I enjoy. I just don't think I had... I think I've only seen this once in the past, and I just don't have that history with it. So I don't have a connection to it like you did. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's why I just think it's garbage. Well, and if it were a different actress, I probably wouldn't like it as much. Like Sandra Bullock, right. like I know that you had a problem with a lot of her acting, or some of her acting in it. But like Just at the beginning, just at the start, I think she struggled with a lot of the material at the start. But once she started like crying and getting upset, then that was... Really good but she keeps me very engaged. She's a character who like is going through like this terrible thing that is like something that I think at this point most people have thought about. Like, what if some? Oh, maybe not as extreme, but like having your identity stolen. 
um, or something like that. Like the, it's this horrible thing and she's really fighting her way through it. And she's really like, she, she's being very smart about how she's handling it. Whereas I would be in a fetal position in the corner. <laughs> yeah. I think we all would actually. Um, but yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's a good character. I do think the turning point for her is that part of the boat that you mentioned earlier. I think that is when she started to get like good, both acting-wise and character-wise for me. But I just think she struggled a little at the beginning. Um, um, did you, and I, I just want you to know, I could not find a trailer for the television program, The Net. Right. Yeah, and there was a sequel to this as well. Yeah, I did watch the trailer for that. <laughs> yeah, um, The Net 2, was it? The net 2.0, yeah. Yeah, I never watched that. <laughs> but the TV show was Angela Bennett. Different actress, but, but yeah. Angela Bennett. It was just a remake of the, the movie, but um, in long form. Uh, so my my positive, and I do have a positive. Movie, oh, good. Even though I wasn't a fan. Uh, it's a good-looking film. Um, I watched the Blu-ray version of it, and it's got some lovely aerial shots. Mm-hmm. Um, like aerial establishing shots and stuff, and it looks really good in Blu-ray, so I'll give it that. It's a good-looking film. It's not a particularly well-directed film, <laughs> but it has some really good um, shots. Oh, and the fact that they use um, White or Shade of Pale by Annie Lennox and then. Yeah. Because Annie Lennox is Scottish, so yay! <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to mention that. Well, every movie needed a, a tie-in single back in those days. I miss a good soundtrack. Like, I miss when yeah. soundtracks were a thing. And I was thinking about this yesterday, that one of the things that's really frustrating to me is that when it comes to streaming, you know, with soundtracks, yeah, different labels um, would loan out their artists to the soundtracks or let them mm-hmm. use songs that they own. And so now if you go to look for a soundtrack, an older soundtrack on like Spotify or Amazon music or whatever, it's really hard to find one where every track is there because they only have streaming rights for certain labels um, or certain artists. And that breaks my heart because CDs are not forever. CDs do go bad and um, I have a ton of soundtracks from the 90s that I still enjoy listening to. And oh, yeah. and slowly my CDs, like every once in a while I'll put one in and it's just not working very well. And it, I mean, I guess you can always buy the tracks and put them together, but it's like so much work <laughs> for for something I'm probably not going to listen to that much. But I'm, I'm sad about the soundtrack. I remember when um, Pineapple Express, I think, that uh Seth Rogen was going to have Huey Lewis in the news record a track for it that was going to be like the theme of the film and it would be like an 80s film where the the movie had a theme mm-hmm. and i think they might have even recorded a track for the movie but it it wasn't anything like a theme like it might have been in the credits or something and i was right. really i was hoping he would bring that whole thing back yeah i mean some movies like recently i've had like the fast and furious movies sometimes produce a single um, Rihanna did the song Sledgehammer for um, fucking Star Trek Beyond of all things. Don't know why that song was in there, but it is. Well, but I don't remember that. That like that like if you listen, yeah, like we ha- exactly. we have an eighty station here, and a song yeah. will start playing, and sometimes I don't even I couldn't tell you who sings it. Um, 
but I just get the feeling, oh, this is a theme from like a movie, and I'll look it up, and it was. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like absolutely, yeah. You I can tell that exactly the same thing, yeah. And that just doesn't happen. Yeah. I wish Charlie's Angels had been bigger because maybe we could have had something there with the uh, Ariana Grande. Uh, Miley Cyrus, Lana Del Rey, but that's the most recent one I can think of where, like, I hear it and I think about, like, the movie, even though I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, same here. But they're never as big anymore, and it's a shame, because they used to be massive. Yeah. Oh, what a fun Um, time. (laughs) Right. Um, That's all we have time for. Um, Uh... If you would like to uh, send us um, some feedback, you can do so. Um, uh, contact at shiftybench.co.uk. That's my website, shiftybench.co.uk. You can follow me on Twitter at DropThePilotPod, and that's the same on um, Facebook. Uh, where can people find you on the internet, Jen? At Pilot Inspectors Twitter. That's that's about it. <laughs> that's all I do yes, these uh, days. <laughs> yeah. So, I'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.